0: In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Do you ever wonder if it's true? Have you ever worried that we gather together day after day, week after week, to praise a God who is just a figment? of our imagination. It is easy to doubt the existence of a God whose voice we have not heard. We have not seen his face. At times his presence feels, at best, far away. Perhaps from time to time your faith feels a little empty, your daily prayers a little hollow. You sit in the pews because you think you ought to, because it means so much to the person sitting beside you, because it's something you've always done. And maybe now, more than ever, when your marriage is tense, when your job feels inescapable, when you've received a difficult diagnosis. When hope feels far away, you want to feel close to God. You wish to hear his voice speaking a word of comfort to you clearly and unmistakably. You long to feel his presence envelop you, even if only so that you might know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is truly with you. This is the state in which we find Elijah this morning in our Old Testament reading. Everyone around him has turned away from God, and Elijah is the only one left. He's beginning to lose hope. My people have lost their faith, Elijah prays. They have destroyed your altars, they have forgotten your promises, and they have even killed your prophets. I am left, Elijah says, and the people seek my life too. And in response, God calls him to the mountaintop. And Elijah goes. He is ready to meet his God. On the side of the mountain, huddled within the depths of the cave, Elijah feels a great wind, a gust so powerful that it tears rock off the face of the mountain, but God was not in the wind. Then, the earth begins to shake, the foundations of the world trembling beneath Elijah's feet, but God was not in the earthquake. Moments later, on the face of the mountain, a fire springs up as though from nothing, but God was not in the fire. And it is only then, after the wind, after the earthquake, after the fire, comes a still, small voice. Elijah hears it and wraps a cloth around his face, for they believed that no man could meet God face to face and live. And he comes out from the dark cave to meet the Lord. Now, it's easy to imagine that God ought to speak to us in grand cosmic gestures, in fire and earthquake and wind. Faith would be so easy if God would speak to us in gestures we could not ignore. Even I can listen to a God whose voice bellows from the heavens. But that is not how most of us come to know God. We will not stand on the mountain with James and Peter, to see our Lord transfigured before us. Most of us will not have mystic mountaintop moments. Ours is a faith made manifest in the ordinary, in simple day-to-day moments. When God broke into history and intervened in our world, He could have revealed himself to us with a flash of lightning or a puff of smoke or a cataclysmic theophany. Instead, God revealed himself to us in the human Jesus, an ordinary, simple human being who lived and learned and worked just like us. And because Christ dwelled in creation as a human being, we no longer need to travel to a distant mountaintop to meet our elusive God. The Word became flesh. God became man. Christ became a creature in order that he might dwell in every piece of his creation. And so God speaks to us now, but softly, quietly, almost in a whisper. Not from on high exactly, but using simple things like bread and wine, like water and light, like you and like me. And sometimes, in those simple, ordinary things, God is especially present to us calling out to us, speaking to us in that still, small voice. That is what happens in the Eucharist. In just a few moments, in bread and wine, God will dwell among us, not as a wistful memory or as an esoteric idea, but in his real, true, living presence, Christ will be as truly present in that bread and wine as he would be if he walked through the door this morning. Christ will be here. We won't see him. We won't hear his voice. We won't touch the hem of his robe. But there will be a whisper, a still, small voice, the voice of the living God, loving you, in bread and wine. And because Christ is truly present in the Eucharist, we fall to our knees before it. We chant ancient prayers over it. We ring bells in humble reverence of it to help our hearts perceive what our eyes cannot, to grasp the ineffable truth hidden in the shadows to help us listen for the voice of God, soft and still though it may be, calling us each by name in his sacraments. It is a miracle hidden behind a veil. And one of the miracles in the Eucharist is that when you keep coming back, when you kneel before the sacrament, even when your prayer feels artificial in time, the Eucharist will transform you. It's mystical. And in that transformation, you will learn to listen for the whispered call of God in bread and wine, not just here in this holy place, but you will learn to hear the voice of God in every piece of his creation. In the voice of a child, bellowing from the back of an echoing room. In the sweaty smiles of our parishioners as they pack food in our warehouse. In the pale morning light, drifting in through your kitchen window. And because of the Eucharist, the world will be transfigured before your very eyes. The glory of God will be revealed, not with a glowing light or with a voice from above, but with a whisper. And it will say something like, this is God's beloved son. He is here. Listen to him. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit.